Okay. So first of all, just uh, like my wife said, first of all, the neshamah of an aliyah bezishem should be a schus for him, the whole family. You know, usually, you know, it's it's a it's a big principle in Yiddishkeit. When things go up, good things come down. So the neshamah has an aliyah, and shefa bracha natzlacha comes to you, the whole family, and uh, the whole kiel and all of Kalah Yisrael. So again, a big uh, a big thank you to uh, to you and your husband for opening your home. We should be able. To, we should all be zeichet to open up our for good things. We should pursue us tivus. So. So it's, uh, yesterday was Rosh Chodesh, today is the second day of Cheshvan. So as I've mentioned many times, you know, whenever we get together, I try to, I try to mention this, that uh, we have a tradition, goes back to Avram Avinu, that every single month is connected to a particular letter of the Aleph base and a particular um, uh, human quality or human experience. Every month, a letter and a human faculty, a human experience. So, and it's coming from the Sefer Yitzir, the Book of Creation, it goes back to Avram Avinu. So, regarding the month of Cheshvan, it says in the Sefer Yitzir that the month of Cheshvan is connected to the letter Nun, the letter Nun, and the faculty, the experience of smell, to be able to smell. The language of Avram Avinu was that Himlech Ois Nun Becheshvan, the Reach Benefesh, that Hashem crowns the letter Nun in this month, and the faculty of smell. Okay, so the question is, what does the letter Nun have anything to do with the sense of smell? What does it have to do with us? What does it tell us about this month? So, you know, there's, uh, you know, every month is usually um, sort of defined, or the way to sort of enter the month, to think about it, is through uh, a yontif, a holiday that, you know, that that month has. Cheshvan is a month that doesn't have a holiday, right? That's famous, the Cheshvan does not have any specific days to celebrate. There's no holiday, there's no fast day, there's nothing, no one day sticks out of the month of Cheshvan. So you have to do a little bit more research to figure out, like, what's the end of the month of Cheshvan. So there is, there is a huge historic, there was a huge historical event that took place in the month of Cheshvan, and it was not a pleasant one, um, but it, is a, it was a very, very important one in Jewish history, and really, to a certain degree, this is going to be the way in which we could enter the month of Cheshvan, to really understand what our Avayda is. In the month of Cheshvan, an unfortunate experience took place many, many years ago, which is that 10 out of the 12 tribes separated themselves from the kingdom of Dovr Melech. We know that the Jewish people enter Eretz Yisrael, right? And Dovr Melech becomes the king. Dovr Melech leads the whole Jewish people. His son Shlomo Melech, when he passes away, Shlomo Melech is the king over the Jewish people. Rechavam, the grandson of Davra Melech, is the king over the Jewish people. And during the time of Rechavam, 10 out of 12 tribes dissented and uh, sort of went away from the kingdom of Davra Melech and established their own Malchus in the north. And so that took place in the month of Cheshmer. The month of Cheshmer is the month where the Malchus of, of, of Davra Melech, the kingdom of Davra Melech, was split apart and to a certain degree was, was incredibly damaged. So if that took place in the month of Cheshmer, so it must be, it must be, that the month of Cheshvan, our Avaida is to somehow repair the kingdom of David Melech, to realign ourselves with the kingdom of David Melech, to swear allegiance to David Melech. That must be our Avaida. If that's what went wrong in this month, then that's what we have to fix in this month. 
And you know, there's a tradition from, in Chazal that although we don't have any holidays right now in the month of Cheshvan, but when Mashiach comes, the month of Cheshvan will be an unbelievably important month. Chazal say the tradition is that the Chanukah by Sashlishi, the dedication of the third base of Migdash, is in the month of Cheshvan, will be in the month of Cheshvan. So, and these two things are bound to each other. Davra Melech, the king, the return of the kingdom of Davra Melech and our um, you know, allegiance to his kingdom is the, that's what Mashiach is about. That's what it means to bring Mashiach. That's what it means to rebuild the third base of Migdash. And so this is what the month of Cheshvan is. So what we have to now figure out for the next few minutes is what does it mean to be part of Davra Melech's kingdom? What does Davra Melech mean? In Avodah Hashem for us. And what does it mean to be part of his kingdom? And when we try to figure that out, It'll, it'll give us a little bit more of a direction of what our vayda is, Bechlal, and specifically this month, and specifically with what's going on. All right, so when I say the word Davra Melech, what does Davra Melech mean? So he was a larger-than-life type of personality and figure, but there's one thing, like when I, when I, when I for me personally, when I say the word Davra Melech, there's one Pasuk in Tilim that comes to mind, two words in Tilim that really come to mind, and that is Davra Melech said, V'anit fila, I am davening. So it says, which is an amazing sentence. Davnach doesn't say that I'm a good davener. He doesn't say that, like when I was a kid, I got, you know, best davener in class award. He doesn't say that I'm super into davening. He says, I am davening. I am davening. Which means that Davna Melech, the kingdom of Davna Melech, means for us the kingdom of davening. This is why Davna Melech is described by Chazal as Ne'im Zemir Yisrael, this, the mouthpiece the one that says the songs of the Jewish people. His contribution to Tanakh, we want to say for Telem, right? What's Telem? Telem is part of Tanakh, but it's all David Melch's personal tefillahs. This is what David Melch, literally, David Melch turned his life into a davening. That, that, that's what David Melch was. Every single experience that he had in life, he turned it into a Kabbalah Telem. It was his personal, personal story. That's what Telem is. And he turned his life into davening. So David Melch means davening. So what we have to therefore figure out, if, we, if during this month we have to swear allegiance to David HaMelech, right, and to rebuild the kingdom of David HaMelech, it means to rebuild the world of davening. It means to recommit ourselves to davening, but not just Tam davening, to daven in the way of David HaMelech. And this is what we have to figure out for the next few minutes. What is unique? There's, well, everyone davens. Well, that's a deacon daven. Ram Avinu, Meitshacharis, right? Yitzchak, Mincha, Yaakov, Meirev, right? So we read, davening goes way, way back. Adam davened. You know, after this, after the sin, Cain and Hevel, there was davening there. Noach There's always tefillah, but there's something special about Davin Melch. The way he davened, the type of davening, there's something different. Tehillim is different than anything else. And so, in order to, again, to connect to Davin Melch and to be part of his malchus, to repair his malchus in the month of Cheshvan, not only do we have to connect to davening, but we have to try to connect specifically to a Davin Melch that could davening. And so that's going to be the question right now. What does davening mean? What does it look like in the way of David Melch? Okay. Okay, so let me share with you an idea. It's going to sound a little bit technical, okay? But just bear with me. Have some patience, okay? And then we'll, I'll, you know, it'll become more practical. And then I'll tell you a nice story at the end, okay? So worst case scenario, you have a nice story to come away with, okay? Besides the muffins and stuff, you can have a nice story. Okay, so here's the idea. Um, we daven three times a day, right? Shachar, Simcha, Marev. 
Shachas Minchamayrev. Not only do we daven Shachas Minchamayrev, but we have a specific nusach. We have a sitter that we daven, say Baruch Shammar, Nashrei, Nishtabach, and Shema, and Shema It's a very formal and organized system of what davening looks like, what to say, and how many times to say it, when to say it. You know, there's a certain time for Shachas, there's a time for Minchamayrev. So the Rambam tells us the following thing. The Rambam tells, tells us that really that is all rabbinic. That's all Midrabbanan. A person has to daven Shachar Simchamayrev, and a person has to daven, say the words of Shemineser properly in the right time, and that's all true. That's all rabbinic. It's all Midrabbanan. Says the Rambam, but the, the mitzvah from the Torah, says the Rambam, from the Torah there is a mitzvah to daven, and there's a mitzvah to daven every single day. But says the Rambam, in terms of the actual mitzvah, the daily mitzvah to daven from the Torah, as far as the Torah is concerned, there is no amount of times that you have to daven. And there is no set structure of what words to say and when to say it and so on. As far as from the Torah is concerned, biblically speaking, there is a mitzvah every single day for a Jew to daven. Once a day. Whenever, however, whatever you want to say, that's the mitzvah. Okay, that's what the Rambam writes in the beginning of Hilchas Tefillah. He describes this idea that from the Torah, as far as the Torah is concerned, biblically, you daven once a day, whatever you want to talk about, you fulfill the mitzvah of davening. Rabbinically, Chazal added, and they, they, they developed the mitzvah in such a way, where it's Shachas, Mechamayr, Vinshmanesri, and Siddur, and so on. But biblically, you daven once a day, whenever you do, however you do it, that's called davening. But the Ramam does make one qualification. The Ramam says that in order to fulfill that mitzvah biblically of davening, so you're right, you don't have to have a sitter. It doesn't have to be during the time of Shachar's Minchamayrev. But the Rambam says, but there is a basic formula that a person has to follow to fulfill the mitzvah even from the Torah. And that is what? The Rambam writes, I'll just share with you the words. The Rambam says, Chiv mitzvah zu, the obligation of this mitzvah of davening, daily, says the Rambam, is as follows. Mispal mischan you have to daven every day. And what does that look like? Magid shvach eshel It's bro- It's broken down into three parts. Part number one, Again, there's no specific wordage. You can, you can just do this however you want, but this is the formula. The formula is, at least once a day, you say Hashem's praises. Then you make your personal request of whatever it is that you're asking for. With, with, uh, with, you know, in a soulful prayer. And then afterwards, you thank Hashem for everything that you have. So that's the formula the Rambam tells us, which is, again, praise, request, and thankfulness, and thanks, right? Shvach, shavach, uh, to praise, bakasha, to make a request, and haida, to say thanks. That's the Rambam. And the Rambam is telling us, not only is this a nice idea, the Rambam says, this is the formula, how one fulfills the mitzvah from the Torah of davening. Again, what words to say when you praise Hashem, or when you ask, or when you thanks, that's up to you. But the structure, that's the basic structure. Okay. <clears throat> the problem is as follows. Here's the problem. <clears throat> in terms of, we know the Rambam, you know, in, in, in all the halachas that the Rambam gives us, he's not making things up. Rambam doesn't make things up. It's, he's coming from somewhere. So the question that the commentaries deal with is that what exactly is the source of the Rambam? To say that, that tefillah has to sit, has to fit this particular structure, where's the Rambam's source? So, I'll break it down for you very simply. The, the most obvious source that one would come up with to explain this Rambam is a Gemara. There's a Gemara Meseches Brachas. The Gemara says the following thing, Darash Rab Simloi. Rab Simloi, one of the great uh, tzaddikim of the Gemara, said the following idea. 
לאוילם יסדר אדם שבחי שגלש ברוך הוא, ואחר כך יבקש את שרחב. סדרב סמלאי, a person, in order to daven properly, you should always first praise Hashem, and then you should make your requests. And Rav Simloi proves this from examples in Tanakh, where you see by Beit Tzadikim, that's what they would do. They would praise Hashem, and then they would make their personal request. So a lot of the commentaries say, well, there you go. That's the source. You have a Gemara that tells us that that's the structure of davening, praising, and then making a personal request. The problem, though, is obvious. That's two out of the three. The Ramam said, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of davening, you need three things. You praise Hashem, then you make your request, and then you thank Hashem. The Gemara that is more, that's, that's the, you know, that, that, that we see this idea in, in, in Gemara only makes mention of the first two, to praise Hashem and to make your request. The final one of thanking Hashem afterwards is not mentioned in the Gemara. So we're still left hanging, like where is the source of the Rambam to tell us that you need that final little piece of the puzzle in order to daven properly. So the commentaries say, okay, you're right, throughout all of Gemara, all that we have is that statement of Rav Simloi, that you praise Hashem and you make your request, no mention of thanks afterwards. The only source that we have in all of Tarshav al to such an idea that you have to praise, request, and then thanks at the end, is a very obscure medrash. There's an obscure medrash in, 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 uh, in Vayikra where there's a particular medrash that makes this point. That the medrash says, and the medrash uses other examples throughout Tanakh of other tzaddikim davening, where you have to praise Hashem, make a, requ- uh, make a request, and thank Hashem. So that's the only source where we find in all of Tarsh to this model of praising, request, and thanks. And so what emerges is the following difficulty, which is the Ramam saw everything. <laughs> the Ramam knew everything. The Ramam knew all of Tarsh in the palm of his hand. And whenever we're dealing with multiple sources in Tarsh the, the weight is usually given to Gemara. Of all the different things, if you have Midrashim on the one hand and Gemara on the other, if there's any conflict between, let's say, Gemara and Medrash, almost invariably we lean to the sides of Gemara. If we want to know what halach is, usually within all of Tarsh Peh, Gemara is the one that has the most weight to it. So here's the problem. When the Ramam sits back and views all of Tarsh Peh and he's trying to figure out what davening looks like, he has two passages, two sources in Tarsh Peh. You have one Gemara, which tells us from Rab Simloi that a person should praise Hashem and make your request. And you have an obscure measure somewhere which says, no, 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 you have, to make, you have to praise Hashem, make your request, and then thank Hashem at the end. And so the question is, why would the Rambam lean towards the Medrash and not lean towards the Gemara? That's the problem. That's the problem. So, again, when the Ram is trying to figure out what does Davin look like from the Torah, and he has these two sources that seem to contradict each other, okay, so the Gemara holds one way, that all you need are praise and thanks, and the Medrash says, no, 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 you need praise, thanks, uh, praise, request, and thanks, right? So, okay, so it's a, it's a disagreement. You have that all the time. But once there's a disagreement and the Ram is trying to figure out, okay, but how do we hold? What do we do? Why in the world would the Rambam lean towards the Medrash, some obscure Medrash, and ignore an open Gemara? Gemara is usually what has the most weight in terms of Allah. So here's the answer. 
what the Rambam is telling us is the following thing. You know, it, it, before every section of the Rambam, one more minute of technicalities and you'll see what I mean. you see why I'm talking about this. Before every section of the Rambam, it's very interesting, the Rambam was extremely organized. Extremely organized. And before every section of his Sefer in, in Mishnah Torah, the Rambam, before he even begins to talk about the halachas of that particular section, he gives a heading. He gives a header. And in the header, he talks about all the mitzvahs that are going to be discussed in this section. Okay? So there's a section called Hilchas Tefillah. So Hilchas Tefillah, like every other section, has a heading. And in this heading, the Rambam is going to tell us what mitzvah he's going to be discussing. What's the mitzvah? Tefillah, tada. The Rambam in the heading writes the following language. This is the Rambam's language. Hilchas Tefillah, that I'm about to discuss the laws of davening. Yesh b'chlalan, and contained within the, this section, there are a few mitzvahs that I'll be discussing. And the first mitzvah is, and this is how the Rambam succinctly and sharply defines the mitzvah, lavid es Hashem b'tfil b'kol yoyim, to serve Hashem through davening. Now this is a very, very interesting thing. The Rambam was extremely meticulous with his words. If I were the Rambam and I was writing this header, you know what I would write? The mitzvah that I'm going to be discussing is the mitzvah to daven. Lehispalel. The Rambam doesn't say that. The Rambam says the mitzvah I'm being discussing is to serve Hashem through David. Why does Rambam add that? What's he, what's he trying to say? What the Rambam is subtly trying to tell us is the following idea. There's two types of davening. There's two types of davening. There's one type of davening which is about davening. You want to daven. There's a problem in your life. There's a problem in your friend's life. There's a problem in the world. So who do you go to to fix it? So something wrong with your car, you go to the mechanic. Right? Something wrong uh, physically, you go to a doctor, whatever. But at the end of the day, the greatest mechanic of all, and the root of all mechanics, and the, and the, great, and the root of all doctors is the Rabbani Shalom. So there's one type of thing, which is called davening, which is that there's a problem in my life, so I turn to the source of, of, of all help. That's called God. That's called davening. That's called davening. That type of davening is focused on fixing a problem. There's a problem, I need to, I need to solve that. That type of davening is what the Gemara was describing. When Rav Simloi said that for a person to daven properly, you have to praise Hashem and then make your request, he's telling you what we, what we understand, that there's such a thing as davening, which is that there's a problem, you want it to get fixed, so you have to go to the mechanic, you have to go to the doctor, you have to go to the Roy Fechel Basar, you have to go to the master of all worlds, the creator of the entire universe, and uh, try to get him to fix your problem. So it says Rav Simloi, but it's not nice just to make your request, you have to... You have to knock on the door nicely. You have to approach the king with respect. So first you praise the king, you introduce yourself, and then you make your request. But says the Rambam, that's all very, very nice, and that's good, and that's called davening, and that's a holy thing, and Rav Simloi is right. But there's altogether a different thing which is called serving Hashem through davening. Not just, da- not just to daven, but to be oivid as Hashem, to serve this Hashem, to serve Hashem through davening. And that's altogether something different, and that's a daily mitzvah. The mitzvah every day is not just to daven. The mitzvah every day, says the Rambam, is to serve Hashem through davening. What does it look like to serve Hashem through davening? That's the medrash. That's praising, making a request, and then thanking. So there's two separate things. There's just stam davening, which is, all you need to do is to praise Hashem, just to sort of introduce yourself, get the conversation going, and make your request. Davening, which is fully focused on making the request. And that's gavaldic, that's beautiful, that's holy. It accomplishes a lot, but that's not really the main Indian. 
That's not really the mitzvah of davening. The main mitzvah of davening is to serve Hashem through davening, which is what the Medrash is describing, which is to, pr- to praise Hashem, to make the request, and to thank Hashem. This Indian, now I have to explain what this means and why is this, but this Indian of serving Hashem through davening, not just the daven, but to use davening as a way of serving Hashem, this is, what it mean, this is unique to Davin HaMelech. This Indian of serving Hashem through davening is not only the technical halacha of daily, what we have to do, the mitzvah, this is what it means to daven like Davin HaMelech. What made Davin HaMelech's davening unique is that he wasn't just a davener, he didn't just daven. His entire life was serving Hashem through davening. This is why he was the king of the Jewish people. You know, Hashem always goes mida keneged mida, right? Measure for measure. What we do, Hashem always pays in kind. Dovnel's whole life was not just to daven. Dovnel's life was to serve, was to be an evid, was to be a servant of Hashem through davening. So as a response to that, Hashem says, wow, I'm going to make you the king. So what does it mean exactly to serve Hashem through davening? To daven, we know what it means. You have a problem, so you go to God to fix it. We know what that means. And we understand that in order to approach God, you have to be respectful and nice. You have to knock on the door respectfully. So you have to praise Hashem first. You have to get the conversation going in a nice way. And then you make a request. But what does it mean to serve Hashem through davening? Why? How is that a different davening? So the key is as follows. When you're serving Hashem through davening, like the Medrash described in how the Rambam tells us, it's making the request. But the request is completely sandwiched by positivity, by praising Hashem first and thanking Hashem at the end. You see, in the regular way of davening that the Gemara was describing, the only reason why you're praising Hashem first is what? It's just to, you know, to come to approach Hashem respectfully. So you can't just like, you know, barge in like when, like if there's a kid or something, you barge in, uh, mommy, daddy, I need this. Like, that's disrespectful. First you say, good morning, how are you? Thank you for everything, whatever. And then you make your request. The idea, though, of serving Hashem through davening, the reason why, it, why there's praise before and thanks after is not just to get the conversation going, to create an environment of respect. It's reshaping the entire experience. To serve Hashem through davening means to realize that despite the fact that I have a deficiency in my life, and despite the fact that there's something broken in the world, and that's what I'm requesting Hashem to fix. But to serve Hashem through davening means the following realization. And this is going to sound a little bit strange, but, you know, as Nishay Chayel, as women of the Jewish people, davening is in your blood. And for men, I would have to really try to hack Machainik to get them to, to absorb this, but you have it in your blood, and this is simple. I'm just giving you the words. To serve Hashem through davening means to be able to look at the world around you and to say to Rabbanu Shem, Rabbanu everything looks like it's upside down and inside out, but I know that behind the scenes, it's all you. I know that behind the scenes, it's all you, and if it's all you, really behind the scenes, it's all good. Really, it's all good. I, what's the problem? The problem is I don't see the good. I don't see the real truth. There are two sides to reality. There's the reality that the naked eye, that the human mind, that the human eye sees. And what the human eye sees can be upside down and inside out. But behind the scenes, the Shalom, if the Rabbanu Shalom is behind all things, and the Rabbanu Shalom created the world, and the world is not just hanging on nothingness, 
then as we say, as we say in davening, God's presence fills all of reality. God, if God fills all reality and God is good, what does that mean? It means reality is good. I, I don't see it like that. That's a problem with my eyes. And that's a problem with our ability to experience life the way it truly is. And what is really to daven in that way? In that way, davening is not about fixing my problem. Davening then becomes a service of Hashem in the sense that davening is focused on Hashem. It, it, we want to be able to experience how good you are. And it's not about us getting what we want. It's Hashem, it's like, it's Rachmanis. You're doing so much good for us. And life is so amazing for us. And it's Rachmanis on us that we don't, that it's Rachmanis on you, I should say. It's Rachmanis on you, Hashem, that the ones that you're helping so much don't, aren't able to appreciate it. It's like, imagine if you spent your whole life taking care of someone behind the scenes. And the person throughout the entire life, from the beginning of their life until 120, you were taking, taking care of every single step along the way, both, both giving them what they need, protecting them from things that, that they shouldn't get and shouldn't have. You were behind the scenes of all, of all these things. And you did it out of love and with care, 100%. And, and throughout the person's life, they don't realize that they have this unbelievable protector. It's Rachmanis not only on the person, it's Rachmanis on the protector. It's like the person wants to go through, that their person should know how much they're loved. And the person should know how much they're being protected. And the protector himself or herself should, should have the nachas of seeing that the person they're protecting so much and taking care of appreciates it and sees it. So there's such a thing as davening. What is davening? I have a problem, I need it fixed, so I go to the mechanic. If the mechanic is not helping me, I go to God. And that's just br- bringing my problems to God. And certainly, you, know, you don't just barge into the room. You have to, if the first praise Hashem first, you have to, you know, come to the room respectfully. But all that is not serving Hashem with davening. That's trying to serve yourself with davening. It's holy, it's good. We should do it all the time. But ultimately, it's about fixing a problem in your life. But then there's something else altogether different. There's a davening that's called davening melech, a davening where it's not about fixing my problem per se. I'm serving Hashem through my davening. My whole davening is about really trying to establish and to try to, and to, try to bring out one thing, which is that truthfully everything is good. And behind the scenes of everything, God is behind the scenes of everything, which means everything is good. So what's the problem? The problem is I don't see it. So Rabbi Shalom, for your sake, if you're taking care of me anyway, and there's so much good in life, and behind the scenes everything is good, let us be able to experience it and to see it. Not just for us, but for you. This is what it means to serve Hashem with davening. And in this way, the request that the person makes is completely cocooned and completely surrounded by positivity. You're praising Hashem first and you're thanking Hashem after. Not to get Hashem in a good mood, not to butter Him up. Is because that's the framework that you're putting your request in. That even my requests are not coming from a place of anger or frustration or doubt or uncertainty or sadness. It's all coming from a place of simcha because I know that there is one God and I know that everything in my life is coming from that one God and I know that one God is good and that means everything in my life is good and everything in my life is amazing and holy and unbelievably exceptional. I, I see suffering, my eyes see problems. That's because there's something wrong with my eyes and there's something wrong with the physical reality being able to experience what, what the truth is. But the truth is that everyone's healthy and well. 
And the truth is that everything is good. And the truth is that God's protecting all of us constantly. I, we don't see it like that. We see people that are sick. We see things that are broken. That's because, that, that's, that's because our minds can't, there's something wrong with physical reality. There's a block. There's something off. We're not recognizing the absolute truth. And what we're davening for is the absolute truth, which already is good, we should be able to experience. And this creates a, in order to daven like this, it has to come from a place of positivity, from optimism, from hopefulness, and from thinking positive. Because all you're trying to do in this way of davening is you're not trying to change anything. You're really not. What you're trying to do is to create an avenue for that which is already good behind the scenes, that it should make itself known. Every single person already has a refuah shleima behind them. Every single person already has a parnasa. Every single person has healthy children. Every single person already has Mashiach. The Jewish people have Yeshuas already. It's just behind the wall. So there's one way of davening, which is, I got to get the Yeshua. Because everything is broken and I got to get it. That's called davening. That's amazing. That's not called serving Hashem with davening. To serve Hashem with davening means to say to Rabbanish Rabbanish Lailam, I know and I believe in your kindness and your goodness. And I know and I believe that you are good and everything you do is good and everything that you made is from you, which means that everything that is good is already here, it's just behind the wall. Why don't I see it? Why don't I experience it? Because there's a wall between me and that goodness. And that wall is my fault. And God, I'm asking you, please give me the strength to take down that wall. And what is already good should be experienced in my life. Such a feel is coming from a place of positivity, understand? Think about it. What's Tehillim? Every capital Tehillim is talking about something Davin Melech is like miserable about. But it all starts the same, same way or similar ways. Miserable David. Davin Miserable. I'm not saying all songs. Davin Melech, he's about to introduce a new song, yeah? And what's the song? Rabbanish Lola, my life is falling apart. That's a beautiful song. That's not a good song. That would not be on the top charts. What type of song is that? is because that's exactly what it means to daven like Davin HaMelech. The kingdom of Davin HaMelech. When David said, V'anit tefillah, what he's saying is, is that the type of davening that I serve, that I serve Hashem with my davening. I'm not just asking for things. I'm acknowledging that everything is good and everything that I don't experience as good is because there's a barrier. There's just something blocking my life from experiencing that which is good. And that's really on me. And I'm asking Hashem for help. But I'm acknowledging and I'm establishing that God is good and everything is good. It starts off with a song and it ends with a song. In the middle, I describe what's, what's wrong with, there's a disconnect between me and, and actual reality. But it starts with praise and it ends with thanks. And your request is sandwiched in the middle. That's what it means to serve Hashem with davening. You know, there's an idea, you have to, hopefully you take this the right way. There's an idea, it goes back to Tzemach Tzedek, the Tzemach Rebbe. He used to say, and it was, a, it was a, a big big thing by him. He used to say it a lot, and, and many tzaddikim would follow suit with that. He used to say, Think good, and it will be good. Now, it sounds, like a, it sounds like a bumper sticker, you know? Yeah. Think it will be good. That's a very deep opinion. To think good and it will be good means, it means this idea. It means that everything that we ever want is already there. It's behind, this, it's behind the wall. Hine, the Pasuk says about Mashiach already. Hine hu oimir achakar Mashiach is standing behind the wall. Standing behind the wall. Shrach gutven zaygut. Think positively and it'll be positive. When we daven and a person is davening in a way of sadness, 
but not sadness, but sadness that's depressed and that everything is miserable and everything is broken, that's davening. It's still davening and it's still good, but that's not davening melch That's not a davening melch You know, they, they, they say there's a story. Um, what were we holding over here? It's late already. I'm sorry. Okay, a few minutes. It's okay. A few more minutes. So there's a, there's a story they say that there was a, a, a Lubavitcher Chassid. This goes back, I think, in the 70s or so. So he was... Uh, I, I, I think I never told you this story. I hope I, hope I didn't. Huh? <laughs> You'll find out. Okay. So anyway, so the Maisa goes like this. There was, uh, he was, uh, he was uh, from Eretz Yisrael, and he came to visit America for a certain time. I think he was here for X amount of months, whatever it is. So in those days, communication between here and, and Eretz Yisrael was limited. You know, they didn't just, you, know, you can make a phone call, but it was like a big tear. It was usually through mail. So he gets, um, he gets a, a letter on a Monday. It was a Monday. He gets a letter saying that Nebuch, his father, is not doing well. He didn't, when, he, when he left Eretz Yisrael, everything was fine. But uh, something happened, whatever it is, and his father's mom is, mom is not doing well. So he, he becomes very nervous because he's receiving this letter on Monday, but it took, a, you know, it took a while for the letter to get to him. So, yeah, he, so he's like, I, at this point, I don't even know what's, what's going on over there. So he's mamish all upset and distraught. He doesn't know what to do. And he's afraid. He's even nervous to contact Eretz Yisrael. He doesn't want, you know, he doesn't, he's nervous about what the news would be. He's all upset about it. But he figures, you know, he's in America, in Brooklyn, Lubav Shreva, so he's going to send in a letter to Lubav Shreva. So he sends in a letter. This was, he received it on Monday. He sends in a letter on Tuesday. He sends in a letter. And this is, and I, and I saw this video of the person himself. He said this story. He sent in the letter. And the letter was basically telling you this whole thing, that I got a, a letter from my family in Eretz Yisrael just yesterday, describing how my father is not doing well. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what the situation is. And he ended off by saying, and the letter is like, and I don't even know what to think anymore. That's how he ended up. I don't even know what to think. Like, who knows what's going to be? So he got a letter back. So he sent this on Tuesday. The Rebbe responded to him on Thursday. Okay? In the letter, you get a response back. And usually what the Rebbe would do, he would just take your own letter and give you the answer within your own letter. So he got this, his letter back. And the last line, which was, and I don't even know what to think. So the Rebbe, at the end of that sentence, put in put in, put in uh, three exclamation marks and a question mark. He said, and he, those words were, you don't know what to think. The tzaddikim have told us, trach good, then zayn good. Think good and it'll be good. What do you mean you don't know what to think? That was the response. So he got this letter. This is what the person says in the video. He got this letter back and he says, you know what? That means my father's fine. <laughs> that means my father's fine. It means the Reverend knows my father's fine. And I'm going to think positively. I'm going to think positively. And until now, I've been so nervous and sitting on pins and needles that I didn't even want to contact Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to think positively, be positive, and I'm going to contact Eretz Yisrael. So, again, it wasn't so simple just to go to the phone to call Eretz Yisrael. You had to obviously wait for the time zone difference and so on. That evening, he, uh, he picks up the phone and he makes a phone call to Eretz Yisrael. He calls Eretz Yisrael and he says, you know, I think he's speaking to his sister, he said. He calls his sister and his sister's like, uh, you know, he says to his sister, like, you know, how's Tati doing? And she's like, Baruch Hashem, you're never going to believe it. You're never going to believe it. Mamish this morning, the doctors were all worried. Everything was going. Mamish this morning, everything turned around. He's improving, and the doctors are absolutely confident it's going to be fine. And the guy's like, okay, fine, Baruch Hashem. That next morning is Friday. So he goes to Davin in 770 by the Lubavitch Rebbe. He goes to Davin Shachras. So he goes there. And after Davin, the Rebbe is uh, walking out of the building, and he notices him. 
So the Rebbe goes over to him and he says, so how's your father? So he says, Baruch Hashem, I just, you know, last night I uh, was in touch with Eretz Yisrael, he's doing better. And so the Rebbe looks at him with a smile and he says, and when did your father start getting better? So he said, they said, Thursday morning. And I said, and when do you start thinking positively? He said, and when did you get my letter back? He said, Thursday morning. And when do you start thinking positively? Thursday morning. Trevor said, see, I told you. As he said, Trach listen, we don't have, you know, Babaji, a tzaddikin like that that, you know, can change things around in a second. Okay? But we have our avayda. That's what we have to do. To be servants of Dovin Melch, to daven in this way of serving Hashem from positivity, from hopefulness, that it's completely packaged in song. That everything we all need is behind the wall. We just have to make it manifest in our lives. And that comes with positivity, with hopefulness, with strength, with, a, with doing, and not sitting passively and bemoaning our fate. That's not a Jewish way. That's not a Dovin Melch way. Let's go back to what I started with in the beginning. The letter, the month of Cheshmer, just to end up very quickly, the, le- the month of Cheshmer was connected, if you remember, to the letter Nun and the sense of smell. What does the letter Nun and the sense of smell have to do with each other? So in Hebrew, the letter Nun is just the letter Nun. But the word Nun, the word Nun in Aramaic actually means a fish. Nuneyama. The word Nun means a fish. In the Svarim we find, again, very, simplifying something very quickly, and just to say, just to say quickly, the, the, when we, there's a difference between, between, you know, fish live in the ocean. Yes, we all agree. Fish live in the ocean. They live in the water. What's, in Chazal, we find a term to describe the dimension that fish live in, as opposed to animals on dry land. Animals on dry land... You look at them, you can see them, right? You go, you pass by a farm, you can see a cow and a pig and a horse, and you, know, you can see them. They live in a world that's called Alma Dizgalia, a revealed world, an open world, the world that you see with your own two eyes. Fish, when you look at the ocean, there could be much more life in the ocean than there is on dry land. But you don't see it because it's completely hidden and concealed by the ocean. Fish live in a world that's called Alma Dizgalia, a hidden world. You know what it means to daven in the month of Cheshvan? To daven in the month of Cheshvan means to realize that despite the fact that your eyes don't see life, the world that your world is teeming with life. Your world is teeming with goodness. It's teeming with vitality, with bracha, with shefa, with redemption. It's teeming with all of that. But it's like fish. You just don't see it. You just don't see it. But not because it's not there. Because it's concealed. What's our, what's our avayda by davening then? To go fishing. That's our avayda, to get the fish out of the water, to bring it out, but not because it's not there. It's mamish there. And this is connected with the sense of smell. You know, there's a principle in Yiddishkeit that if you want to understand something properly, go to the first place it's mentioned in Tanakh. Where's the first place that a human being smelling something is mentioned in Chumash? Hashem smells karbonas and parshas noich, in fact. But a human, a person smelling something. The first place we find a person smelling something is when Yaakov comes into Yitzchak to get brachas, right? He's pretending to be Esav, right? And what does Yitzchak of you say? Re'ei re'ach b'ni, k'reach ha'sadah Hashem. Wow, I smell the smell of Ganeda. You know what the Svarim say about that? You had a person come in, he's looking like Yaakov, he's wearing, yeah, looking like Esav, he's wearing the clothing of Esav. And what is Yitzchak's response? In other words, what Yitzchak, with the eye, Yitzchak was blind, but what he would have seen is everything that's broken. 
the clothing of Esav, Yaakov pretending to be a rush, the whole thing is mamish upside in, inside out. But what does Yitzchak smell? Ganeidin. Smells Ganeidin. Ganeidin? We were kicked out of Ganeidin a long time ago. Nah, Ganeidin is still here, it's behind the wall. Smelling means to see, like I don't see it, that I know it's there. The month of Cheshvan is a month of letter Nun and the sense of smell. Our avoid in the month of Cheshvan is to think good and it'll be good. Positive, positive, positive. And to daven and to pour your heart in davening for yourself and for everyone around you, for all of Klai Yisrael, but packaged in the context of hopefulness. Packaged in the context of confidence that what you're davening for will be answered and it already is answered. You're just trying to bring it out from behind the wall. That's what it means to daven like Davin Melach. That's what it means to be a soldier like of Davin Melach, And that's what it means to build a base and make the month of Cheshvan. Hashem should bless us that we should have the confidence to know that all of our tefillahs have already been accepted and we should be able to only see with our own eyes all the fish come out of the water, you know? Like the Zara Kaddish says that before Mashiach comes there's going to be a Kriyas Yamsav too. Maybe not physically, but everything that was concealed behind the ocean should make itself known. We should be able to see Nechames and Yeshua's and Gula's Befrat Uvechlal Biyaskot Tzedek Meherim Meinu Amen Again once again I want to thank you uh, to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Feldman for bringing home You should only see Sheva Brach Matzlacha Amen